Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Oh, Chris, what did you put us through? <laughs> I can't complain too much because this was, this this film definitely falls into the trash the piece category. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fucking dire. It's it shit. But it's the enjoyable kind of shit. This is uh, a favourite of yours, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I loved this when I was younger. Um, it's Street Fighter. And uh, I love the games. And I love this film. I'm sorry about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> before we get into it, we have some... Uh, we've got some fan mail. It's back. Fan um, mail. We have uh, Dave Horton on Facebook who said, uh, it's a shame that this is Raul Julia's last film. He deserved better. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong he's not wrong David, he's also the best part of the film well, actually in David, my opinion David Lawrence on Facebook said it's daft cheesy fun Julie uh, Julia hams it up beautifully and Zangief worriedly saying quick change the channel when he sees the CCTV of the bomb truck headed towards them as comedy gold <laughs> comedy gold not quite but okay <laughs> it's funny Say podcast and die, which we we've never really we've mentioned these guys on there before when I spoke to us before, but I've never really mentioned what they are. They're actually a Goosebumps podcast. Did you know that? No, no, I didn't. They're, yeah, the two two gay guys doing a Goosebumps podcast. The books or the TV series? Uh, I think the TV series. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which yeah. is so cool. Oh wow. Um, they love the game, but have not seen the film. Oh, uh, I'd recommend watching it. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend watching it. And we have Twitter mail. That never happens. Alice Taylor Matthews on Twitter says, Honestly, for me, um, the for me, it was Tuesday speech. Raul Julia gives is genuinely good. It is one of the greatest moments in cinematic history. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a truly wonderful scene. It's funny. It is funny. Um, but yeah, so keep them coming. We are Horrorcore Trash Over on Facebook and Instagram and Horrorcore Trash on Twitter. Um... This this really hit off really well, Street Fighter. People were happy we're doing this. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. So I'm glad. I'm glad you, you're excited for this. Released in 1994, directed by Stephen E. D'Souza. D'Souza. Uh, he directed uh, one of a film. He directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt, some other TV stuff. Uh, he directed a film called Possessed, which was a TV movie based on the original story of The Exorcist. And I have seen this film, and it is not great. It's, it's uh, slightly better than Street Fighter, but not great. Oh. What do you mean by original story? Because you know it was originally based on a boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it's based I've, on that. I thought you meant it was like um, uh, Ken Russell's Gothic, where it was based on the creation. No, like I wish William it was, Peter but... Blatty. Um, no. I see. But he, he's had a bigger career as a writer... And it's wrote the likes of Jumping Jack Flash, Commando, The Running Man, Die Hard, 48 Hours, Judge Dredd, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, The Flintstones, and Bad Dreams. Oh, oh, that's a mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah, Bad Dreams is not good. No, no. But then Die Hard is a classic. I, I really don't know how he's gone from writing Die Hard to directing this. Uh... Yeah, no, I don't. Say. Well, I suppose Die Hard has its cheesy moments, isn't it? Yeah, it works better than this. This is just pure cheese. 
Um, so this has uh, a budget of $35 million. Oh, my Lord. And the worldwide gross was uh, just over $99.4 million. Oh, so it made money? It made money. Then why didn't we get a sequel? I'm surprised we didn't get a sequel. I, we I, did. Have you, have you not looked on IMDb? There is a lot of sequels. It was an animated Animated. Sequels. There's a live action one for 3.7 from a few years ago. Oh, uh, the Chun-Li... I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, um, well, that apparently this follows to. two films. Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, I suppose if they're all in the same Street Fighter universe. Uh, I hate that term. Um, but yeah, I suppose so. But this didn't have a direct... I don't feel like this had a direct sequel. I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme didn't star in Street Fighter 2. Speaking of which, let's get into the trivia. Jean-Claude Van Damme. What can we say about him? Well, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Guile, uh, who is meant to be an all-American Marine. Yeah, but uh, before going any further, what's your relationship with the video games? Because I've played them like, with you and like, other people in the past, but never really sat down and played one in four. You have, haven't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I, this, this is mainly based on Street Fighter 2. So the first Street Fighter was a really... I've played it and it, I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, very stilted, it didn't really have any characters or anything like that. So when Street Fighter 2 came along and it revolutionised the fighting game, um, then you had very distinct characters. And that's what this film is based on. So I, I, I played it in the arcade, I played it at home. Yeah, I loved Street Fighter. Yeah, two. two. Let's, let's be specific. Street Fighter Two. So yeah, so Van Damme, obviously, he's a big action star. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of this performance. But this bit of trivia here I have makes it makes some sense of it. Um. He revealed later that during filming he had a drug problem. He was doing $10,000 worth of cocaine a week. Well, there we go. He had an affair with Kylie Minogue. Uh, director Stephen E. D'Souza uh, confirmed in 2018 that Van Damme's cocaine addiction caused constant disruptions during filming. The studio had hired a wrangler to keep an eye on him, uh, but this person was a bad influence himself. <laughs> the action star would often call in sick, leave the set, show up play or not at all, Forcing the director to find other scenes to film in order to make up for lost time. Um, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell. It is so obvious. Um, yeah, he... Like you said, he's meant to be an all-American hero. Which is funny, because Tommy Wiseau also can... He, he, um, he <laughs> insists that he's an all-American guy. Jean-Claude Van Damme sounds exactly like Tommy Wiseau he throughout does. this entire film. Yeah. There was no effort made no. to put on an American accent. <laughs> also with Kylie Minogue, though, there's no effort <laughs> at all made to put on an American accent. So for all you gays out there, Kylie's released a new disco album. That is not why we're releasing this episode, but I just thought I'd mention that because it's good timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're all, all, everyone's loving it. Everyone on the... On gay Twitter's loving it. Do you know what they're not loving? What? Her performance as Cammy in Street Fighter. Her performance is fucking ridiculous. It is one of the worst performances in the film. And it's, it's so disappointing. Yeah. It's it, one of the things I was looking forward to most about this. She ain't got much to do, but what she does do, she manages to fuck up. Uh, 
it's not it's not she just shouts everything yeah she's just there to shout random shit i just i just find it so weird that you have guile and cammy who you know in the games are american and in the film there's absolutely no effort whatsoever to put on american accents even though guile in the film has the American flag tattooed on his arm. <laughs> Yet he does sound like Tommy Wiseau. Uh, well, Van Damme turned down the role of Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat to do this film. That is disappointing because he would have been a great Johnny Cage. Uh, yeah, I think he would have worked better as Johnny Cage than he does Guile. Um, I haven't seen Mortal Kombat in years. I, I love that, that film would be a good as well. Podcast. Well, I mean, you did love that film. I did, I did. We need, I to do, we need to do a sequel. There's not wrong with Street Fighter. We watched it on Blu-ray, and I won't be getting rid of the Blu-ray. No, oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's a trash piece. It's the same reason yeah. we've got Troll 2 on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I, speaking of video game adaptations, I was going through our schedule earlier on, and I may or may not have scheduled in House of the Dead uh, for next year. Ooh. So there's something coming up for you guys to look forward to. We might we may have to just do a moat to dedicate to that director. Can you name one truly good video game yeah. film adaptation? Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That is I I other than do you Oh and everyone was so ready to hate it. Oh yeah. They really they were just so ready to slate it and then I, I I kind of was as well I, I wasn't expecting a good time mm, yeah. um, we watched Sonic the Head that was this year wasn't it was it? this year it feels like a million years ago um, but we watched it and we were like that was actually really good yeah <laughs> Um, we, we may have to dedicate a whole month to that piece of shit who directed House of the Dead why? <laughs> didn't he offer to fight someone <laughs> because they said it was shit yeah so- <laughs> And well, why? No, it's his thing. He used to have like boxing matches. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying why? Because he also directed Alone in the Dark, Chris. Yes. Probably Alone in the Dark sequel as well. Yeah. So why are we giving him the time of day? Because it's fucking funny. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? I kind of saw Alone in the Dark many years ago, and did you it, love it? No, I, I don't remember any of it because I must have switched off at some point. And just been like, nah, can't be bothered with this anyway. I'm sure he's released loads of other shit as well. But anyway, back to this film. Um, <laughs> but no, if a video game adaptation, I mean, I enjoyed Tomb Raider when I was younger. I don't know if it'll still hold up now. Um, I seriously, I can't really think of any. Uh, oh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Another one I used to love when I was younger. I'm showing my age now, aren't I? It's all these old school games. Um, we recently watched, we recently watched Clue. That's obviously a board game, not a video game, but still, it's a game adaptation that was really good. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think all in all, video game adaptations don't have the best no history, have no. they? Um, I remember the Final Fantasy film being good. Ghost Protocol. No, no, no. no. The first one, the very first one, I saw it at the cinema. In like two thousand and one, two thousand. Yeah, the one when they were in space. Was it called, I thought it was just called Final Fantasy. Oh, what's Ghost Protocol then? Have I just Isn't made something up? Splinter Cell. Oh, who, oh, who knows? Okay. Anyway, oh, we're, we're on a tangent, massive tangent. tangent okay, so according to the cast and crew, Van Damme was not easy to work with due to a combination of professional ego and substance abuse. 
Being a big star in the film, Van Damme got a presidential hotel suite with a gym put into his room, but he would often refuse to come out of the hotel or his trailer until he felt ready. I want to see a film made about the making of this film. <laughs> yeah, there must be an extra on the Blu-ray about all this. <laughs> but when he did come out, he would often bring alcohol to the set or take hours to shoot his scenes. By contrast, everyone loved Kylie Minogue, praising her for her professionalism and generosity, such as hiring a club and buying drinks for the entire cast and crew to make the tough shoot a little easier. Kylie Minogue does seem like a really great person. She does. She is, yeah. She does come across as a real genuinely nice person. There, there was equal praise for Raul Julia, who was accompanied by his family due to being terminally ill with stomach cancer. Uh, despite his declining health and frail state, everyone thought that Julia was always focused and was a joy to work with. Yeah, considering he had stomach cancer, yeah. he really gives this role his all. He does. He he really does. He doesn't phone it in. Um, he commits. He commits to the lunacy, which is integral to a role like that. Um, and he, I, I genuinely think he was the best thing about the film. Yeah. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I forget sometimes, but he is a huge star, and he would have been back in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, I, oh, I definitely. Mean, in an international way as well, you know. Yeah. You look at big stars, and we're like, oh, you know, Tom Cruise and and all that. But those sort of action stars, those are the sort of films that sell worldwide. Well, the director deferred his salary to pay for the cast. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you look at it for the 90s, yeah. Kylie Minogue, Raul Julia, and Van Damme, that is a, an expensive cast. That would be, ex- yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said about Raul Julia, for the role of um, of the villain, he researched various dictators and crime lords and their lives and personalities and mimicked many of their traits to incorporate this into the Bison character. Um and he also approached the role of a Shakespearean tone, looking at Bison in the same type of villain as Richard III. And it, there's also an oil painting in his private quarters of a frowning clown holding a cluster of balloons and wearing Bison's signature cap. This is a reference to the famous Pogo the Clown oil paintings done by John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing how much uh, went into this, into the villain. Like, yeah, if, if they put as much focus into the rest of the characters and the actual plot itself, <laughs> yeah. then maybe it might have been half and decent. And the dialogue. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I don't get is how this film's third act begins about half an hour in and goes on for another hour and, and ten minutes. Yeah. It's so weird. It's, <laughs> it's one of the fastest films I've ever watched. I really struggled to write everything down. But also, it's a film where not a lot actually really happens. No, there's no structure to it. There's none. It's it's just things happen and they keep happening. And I, I lost where I was. And I was like, you know, what's this? Who's this? Why, why are they suddenly doing this? You know. Um, I knew characters from the games. Mm. But I didn't know characters from the film. I was like, well, you know, who is this? What is this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just you know, goes at such a fast pace. It's, it was hard for me to keep up after time. You know, you mentioned the legend of Chun Li. Yes, I did. Uh, Van Damme was actually offered to reprise his role in that film. Oh. But turned it down. 
Yeah, by all accounts, it was a big fat flop. Well, it, we it, might it, have to do it on the podcast, actually. It was intended to be better and more successful than the original, but it made less money at the box office than many fans consider it a worse film. Wow, Jesus. It must be bad. Yeah, yeah, it, it's like known as one of the worst films ever made, really. Uh, Capcom was, obviously, uh, Capcom is the... They made the games. They made the games, yeah. 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 Um, they were co-financers of the film, and uh, every aspect of the production required their approval. Among other things, they mandated a December 1994 release date, which required the cast and crew to maintain an aggressive filming schedule. Uh, and they long envisioned Van Damme as Guile and asked him to be cast. Van Damme's fee took nearly $8 million off the film's $35 million uh, budget. Jesus after Raoul Julia was cast as Beeson, um, Bison? Bison. I literally Bison. just said his name a minute ago. You did. Most of the casting budget had been spent. The majority of the other parts went to little known or unknown actors, so that includes Kylie Minogue. Yeah, I suppose Kylie Minogue was sort of known in Australia for Neighbours, so she originated as an actress, a mm-hmm. soap actress. Um, and her music, I think, was successful in Australia and then obviously in the UK. But I don't think she'd kind of crossed over to America by that point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how famous she is in America now. No, no, that's a good point, actually. Um, and especially not known in America as an actress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think maybe this was trying. It was her trying to make her, her break into Hollywood acting. Yeah, it didn't really work out. It didn't, unfortunately. Thank God, because she's released some absolute crackers of singles and albums since so if she'd become a big Hollywood actress we wouldn't have had fever <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh, the MPAA gave the first submitted cut of the film an R rating which was unacceptably high for Capcom who had stated that from the start that it had to be a PG-13 film after various cuts were made a G rating was given um, which he then called the kiss of death because no teenager would want to see a G rated uh, obviously, that's equivalent to a U here in the UK. Yeah. Um, a G-rated Street Fighter film. So they bumped it up to PG-13 by having Van Damme uh, swear a few times in post-production. <laughs> so Evan Kaus, other than his um, shits and bitch here and there, is uh, U-rated. So much for doing it for the art. <laughs> um, Ming Na Wen, who played Chun-Li. Uh, oh... Poor girl. Jesus, that was a rough performance. Um, she said that she cringed after seeing the finished film, Understandable, for the first time and told her ER co-star, George Clooney, that she feared her career would be over. Clooney casually remarked, Oh, honey, it takes a lot to kill a career. I should know. <laughs> Surely this was before Batman and Robin. Uh, yeah, but she she basically said to... Um, I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what killed his career so before what killed that? killed his career? Well, I suppose he was in Return to Horror High, wasn't he? But he, he? Didn't, he didn't have a career until he are, let's That's be true. fair. That's true. Um, that, would, that would be more relevant if he'd said that after Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently nowadays she's able to look back at the film with fond memories. I'm glad you can. <laughs> we won't be. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Due to several setbacks, the production was already six days behind schedule on day 10 of the shoot in Thailand. Uh, every time when the producers confronted him with delays, the director employed 
what he called the old John Ford trick by tearing out a page from the script to get back on track. However, during editing, he found out that several vital scenes were missing because of this and that the fight scene choreography lacked cohesion. Um, uh, so sets had to be rebuilt in Vancouver for reshoots. Fucking hell. Yeah. What a farce. This whole, this whole <laughs> making of this film sounds like a, like a complete farce. And if you wanted to know why Kylie Minogue was cast, uh, it was... <laughs> it's because the Australian Actors Guild wanted a director to cast an Australian actor, uh, and he saw her on, a, on the front cover of Australian's People magazine, and decided from that that he wanted to cast her. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Jesus. Um, well done, Kylie. <laughs> She's got her paycheck, I suppose. Capcom producers from Japan um, wanted to cast a Japanese actor in the role of Ryu and had envisioned Kenya Sawada so- uh, for the part. Sawada, so- there we go. However, Sawada barely spoke any English, so the American producers pushed for the casting of Byron Mann on the basis that his humorous interaction with Damien Chapo, who plays Ken, would be integral and dependent on the performer's uh, fluency in English. It's... Yeah, it probably it really would have made a difference. Uh, as a compromise, Sawada was cast as a newly invented character, Captain Sawada, but according to Mann, Sawada took the rejection pretty bad and didn't get along with him. Can I ask a question? What? Who the fuck was Captain Sawada? I have no film? idea. <laughs> Who the fuck was that? But he had all his... <laughs> apparently, he had all his lines dubbed over. Because he couldn't speak English. There's so much dubbing in this Is film. Is he the one that was shouting? Maybe. You know, when the one that stands up and we're like, oh, he's badly dubbed. They're, they're, honestly, there were so many badly dubbed people in this I have no film. idea. Do you know who wasn't Japanese, but was Japanese in the game? Yeah. Honda. Oh. Why was he Hawaiian in the film? Why was there Hawaiian music played when he was getting oh, whipped? Oh, no, I know, don't. Whilst filming a crew... We'll get to that shortly. Whilst filming a crew member required medical attention for skin irritation caused by contact uh, with the water of the Chow Freya River. I think I said that right. Uh, the line producer suffered a heart attack and never returned to the production. Oh, my God. Another producer, the one in charge of the film's completion bond, um, and accustomed to driving on the alternative side of the road, turned into oncoming traffic and collided with a bus, sustaining serious injuries. He, too, never returned. Later in production, an actor was busted at, <laughs> at Australian Customs for possession of steroids. <gasps> Which one? Just a random, just, uh, just a random, random extra. extra. The temple was an exterior set built by the art department for safety. The explosion of the temple was supposed to blow up only twenty five percent of the building. Since Van Damme, Kylie Minogue, and a few other actors were standing just next to it, uh, however, the effect got out of hand and the whole set went up in flames, destroying two hundred and forty thousand dollars of scaffolding. Needless to say, the shot ended up in the finished film. <laughs> Yeah, that random bit at the end where it all starts blowing up and they do a jump to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, and it all like proper blows up and, you know, everything's completely destroyed. And, sorry, spoiler alert, there's a post-credit sequence where everything's not properly <laughs> and completely destroyed. That was added in for home video. Oh, uh, was it? Because it made money at the box office. Oh, there we go. Even though critics hated it. 
Yeah, but oh, plenty of fucking films that critics hate that get sequels. <laughs> Finally, the director cited war films, James Bond, and Star Wars as influences on the film. Where? What war films James Bond Where? cited the Star Wars <laughs> from sea watching? <laughs> Where the fuck was that? So, the very loose plot of this film is Colonel Guile and various other martial arts heroes. <laughs> Various other martial arts heroes. The fuck? Uh... They fight against the, t- the tyranny of the dictator M. Bison and his cohorts. Oh, are they not martial arts cohorts? No. no. Okay. No. We get a big dramatic opening title sequence, uh, followed by a news report about war that shows the publicity shot of the villain. That was clearly taken... Uh, for press purposes, I'm just course. thrown in. Yeah. <laughs> Bison, the villain, is watching a news report about him in his evil lair, uh, and a soldier has come from across the world to fight him, and he just snaps his neck and snaps another soldier's neck. And it makes me laugh because he does this pretty effortlessly, but when he has to fight Guile at the end of the film, oh, it's a half hour fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, suddenly he's not so strong. Um, so the, the news. Network. The reporter is Chun Li, and uh, it's crisis in Shadowloo. Now I believe Shadow is Shadowloo real, or is it was it made I'm up for the sure. film? I'm not sure. Excuse my ignorance. Um, but yeah, so Ben Bison has sixty four hostages, and he he's put out a ransom for sixty billion dollars. <laughs> It's always billion, isn't it? He's he such a James Bond villain. No, there, there we go. That's where the influence came yeah. in. He is Why absolutely is a James Bond villain. <laughs> I just... Uh, uh, Chun-Li describes this as an astonishing $60 billion. Which is kind of true. I'm like, um, would they really pay that for 64 people? Uh, anyway... Um, I mean, later on we find out yeah they, they would well, they do, yeah so, well they don't officially do they where would they even get that from well they wanted to but they weren't allowed to <laughs> no that's true um, Colonel Guile doesn't want to be interviewed but has no problem showing off his missiles for Bison to see <laughs> I got a message for you Bison and it just shows off his missiles at, at this point his Bison he sounds like Christian Bale Batman he's like Oh, I've got something to show you, Bison. <laughs> but he doesn't sound like that for the rest of the film. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Did he just have a bad throat that day? I don't know. Well, he probably had a, a nose full, honey. So a bicep <laughs> for Bison. Uh, <laughs> uh, bison manages to get a signal across, doesn't he? So they end up in some sort of yeah. FaceTime situation. Um... Guile says, <laughs> after they have a back, back and forth, whatever, um, Guile says, we're coming to get you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we find out that Charlie is uh, Carlos Blanca, who's Guile's friend. Yeah, but you've meant to know it already, duh. Apparently. <laughs> this we're guy. To, we're coming to get you, Charlie. This <laughs> Charlie. This Charlie goes for a very unfortunate time in this film. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no establishment of their friendship and barely any throughout the no, film. No, no. So when he says we're coming to get you, Charlie, like, who the fuck is he talking about? 
Wait, who the hell is that? Well, uh, Bison is, is communicating directly with um, Garland now, and he does this throughout. He has these moments where he can just communicate with him directly, and they can have a full-on conversation. Yeah. Um, Carly Minogue's Cammy is tracing where the call's coming from. Uh, Bison tells him uh, to go visit him or the hostages will die. And uh, then that's when Bison realises who, Chi- who Charlie is. Yeah, how? Um, I don't know. I don't know. How, I mean, if he's taken a hostage, why does he need to know the name? So how would he know who Charlie is? Well, he's, he's must have some sort of like name tag on or something. But his name says Carlos Blanca. <laughs> I, I don't get Charlie from that. No. Well, he orders, because he's singled him out, uh, he orders his taken to the uh, laboratory. Guile calls uh, Chun-Li. He calls her useless <laughs> and walks away. Yeah, he says, uh, for one moment, you were almost useful. Yeah, and uh, Kami reassures Chun-Li that he doesn't hate all women, just reporters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, equal the... opportunities offender. <laughs> that's the only line of dialogue in a film where she's not shouting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, just... but I felt like she would have a really big part. I remember yeah. her being more prominent when I watched it when I was younger, and and she's barely in it. I hope we get the R-rated cut one day. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, that's got more cami in it. <laughs> um, we get some cage fighting, and uh, we're introduced to Ken and Ryu who are going to see a stereotypical uh, weapons dealer. Uh, he's, he's a gangster in a bar with an eye patch. Uh, he offers them a drink um, or two girls. And they seem really excited by this, these two girls, don't they? Until they turn it down, then like, oh. Yeah, they are actually. So they're, they're, they're proper up for it. Yeah. And uh, when they say, oh, no, thanks. I'm like, oh. Um, Ken, Ken and Roy, uh, the uh, arms dealer is called Sagat. Yeah, uh, and he's from the game as well. Um, and Ken and Ryu said, did no one tell you there was a curfew? And uh, Sagat's like, uh, no. <laughs> sorry. He's like, no one tells me there's a curfew. <laughs> and then there's an announcement over like some sort of uh, like army thing um, that goes, uh, curfew starts at 7pm. <laughs> like, no one reacts to it. <laughs> Sorry, let's <laughs> struggle together. The jokes in this are so cheesy, and like it's it's weird because it's when Gary mentioned them having an R rating, and then it going down to a G rating, and then having to add stuff to get a PG thirteen. Um, it's it's so weird that you get these really cheesy like you know, Saturday morning cartoon jokes in a film that potentially would have been R-rated. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so strange. And you kind of, you're like, well, who is this aimed at? So obviously Capcom are aiming this at teenagers, but the jokes are for, like, 10-year-olds. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, the the arms dealer already has the weapons, um, that they were going to deal with him. And he has his men take out the guns and uh, try shooting them. But they haven't got bullets in there. They've got tennis balls. <laughs> How the fuck did they not realise that these were guns with tennis balls? How big were these bullets meant to be? Yeah, what? 
Well, they kind of... Are they meant to be like grenade launchers? But then why were they going to shoot grenade launchers in a tiny club? It would have blown the whole place up. No, so they knew they were fake. No, no, they didn't. They did. They knew Ken and Ryu were setting them up. I don't know if they did, because after they did it, they were like, oh, tennis balls, oh, how original. You see how confusing this fucking film yeah, is. I mean... Oh, I don't know. A big fight ensues anyway, and uh, Ken and Ryu are eventually hard at gunpoint. Um, Bison has the ultimate soldier being created in his evil lair. Ultimate soldier. And he can't understand why the horrible thoughts that are showing the killing, this killing machine are affecting him. And his assistant doctor reads him to film, like many people do in this film, and tells him it's because, unlike Bison, he's not a psychopath, and Bison is fuming about this. He is. So it's Dr. Delcim. So uh, it, it, I think Delcim is really the one that's very different from the game. Um, what? Because he hardly has anything to fucking do in this. Yeah, it's hardly got anything <laughs> to like do. He's in like two scenes. <laughs> uh, but Delcim in the game has like super stretchy arms and breathes fire and stuff. And God, I've only. Yeah, so this, this is just Dr. Delcim who... Very clockwork orange style, isn't it? Yeah. Having um, Blanket watch all these really violent uh, videos. Mm. Oh, like... Is it like Nazi... Yeah. uh, Propaganda Uh and, you know, wars and stuff like that. Um, And then the... Dow seems seems to be there um, under duress because he's chained to the thing, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's sort of against it, so what they're going to do is inject Blanca with, like, plasma and some bright orange and green shit, uh, and that's going to create the ultimate fighting warrior machine. Yeah, spoiler alert, it doesn't. It creates Grace Jones and Vamp. <laughs> it creates... It creates really It gets to a point <laughs> where I literally have that character down as Grace Jones. <laughs> yeah. So one of uh, so so Ryu is made to take part in cage fighting. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's as some sort of punishment, like like oh great, you've got to do cage fighting. Well, Ve- Vega is their star cage fighter. Mm. So that's very similar to the game. Um, he's the star cage fighter. All the women want him. He's beautiful under his mask, and he, he's got a sort of a claw, Freddy Krueger style claw. Um, so Ryu's set to face him. It, it, the whole idea is that Vega is so good that he's going to kill Ryu. Well, we know he's good because he does a backflip and he everyone does. loves it. Well, until Ryu's shirt is ripped off. <laughs> everyone loves that and he gets and given then, a sword. And then everyone suddenly is team Ryu, especially the women. One woman has like a uh, a sign with Vega on it. She sees Ryu's six pack, and she's like throws the sign away. She's like team Ryu now. He starts doing fancy sword tricks, throws it at the uh, at, at the other guy, and normally nearly hits him. Should I say? Uh, hits the wall instead, and just as they're about to fight, Guile crashes a big tank through the wall and says, "You're all under arrest." <laughs> Um, with that much enthusiasm. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. I thought he was a joke and he was going to take uh, Ryu and Ken to go and join his team. But no, no, no. He literally arrests every single person in that fucking room. He does, yeah. 
they all brief him um, for taking down Bison. We get a lot of briefings in this film, um, but they basically just read out the film's plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Cammy shouts a lot throughout this. And what's this interrupted by? A violent waiter. <laughs> a random guy who just jumps on the table and tries fighting them but gets knocked out. Yeah, he's the waiter. Um, so he's one of Bison's men. <laughs> <laughs> no no one really reacts too much to this. No. Uh, <laughs> Ryan and Ken have a fight with the prisoners. Um, the no. prison. <laughs> After the guy's knocked out, though, what does Cammy do? She rips his top open for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and they find a tattoo. Lucky enough, they find something there. Yeah. No reason to why she does his this. top open. Um, there's a tattoo on his chest of some sort of snake or something, I can't remember. Do you know what? This might be the only film we've ever covered on this podcast where not a single woman is sexualised and it's all just the men. <laughs> Chun-Li's... Well, no, except me. I, su- I suppose Chun-Li's sexualised no, Chun-Li is not sexualized. by the characters, isn't she? Well, yeah. It's like characterising comments. the of the film, yeah. I suppose that's true. Like, well, well, I suppose, I mean, I'm sure how Bent would have just been sexualising men. Um, but it's the second most... Uh, Men sexualised in a film since Halbent. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut from the tattoo to the same tattoo on Sagat's arm. Yes. Um, and he's in the prison yard. Yeah. So it's a military prison and they've all been arrested and he he's there. Um, and a fight ensues between Ken and Ryu and uh, Sagat and Vega and, and their men. Isn't it? Yeah. Got, and a guy actually likes what he sees. Yeah. Like, Those men got style. <laughs> yeah. Um, he gives uh, Ryu and Ken a, a briefing that was almost inaudible. He must have been out of his face during the scene. Yeah. I just heard words. It, it didn't match up to anything. And it was the, the audio editing wasn't great either. It was... This very messy. film, I find a lot of characters talk a lot of shit. Yeah. And they, they drone on a lot. And I don't really understand what they're going on about. And then you just get one line every so often that's really... Well, yeah, this is the thing really with this scene. Really cheesy and really he, funny. He says, after all of this, after you talk so much shit, you can't stand what he's saying. He's like, the only way you're leaving here is over my dead body. And yeah. then they just look confused at each other. It's like, well, you know what? Same here. We're all confused. <laughs> but they're being shown around, like, the, the medical part and all the people that have been injured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's confusing because I don't know who these people are and how they've become injured. Because all you ever see of Bison in his guise is at his hideout. Yeah. So we don't actually see what's going on in the streets, <laughs> really. So you, I don't really know who these people are. Well, no, those scenes were ripped out of the script, remember? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Kyle tells a prisoner that he is the... Oh, no, it's, it's uh, the, the arms dealer guy, isn't it? He tells him that he is the Reaper Man uh, and uh, that he's out of business. Oh, yeah. So Sagat's like, uh, I own this city. Like, you can't do anything to me. <laughs> and was like, well, I'm the repo man and you're out of business. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a Tommy Wiseau impression. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so the prisoners all have the keys to escape and they escape, driving off in a prison truck. 
And Guile gets shot or, by uh, Ken. Yeah, so Ken, Ken and Ryu uh, have an argument. They bicker a lot in this film. This is the most elaborate plan, by yeah. the way. Yeah, so they, they bicker and sort of start pushing each other around so they can grab the keys. They get the keys, and even though they've been fighting not too long ago, they give Saget the keys, and they all, everyone in the in the truck that's taken the prisoners away, uh, managed to get free. Uh, the truck starts driving off. Guile starts shooting at the truck. Ken leans out the truck and shoots Guile twice in the uh, in the chest. Yeah. There is absolutely no reason as to why this scene couldn't have just been Guile going to the the people in charge of him at prison and being like, look, yeah, I'm taking him out to go and fight with me. That's literally all you needed to do. He's obviously got that authority. No, 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 the whole plan... Yeah, but it's, it's such a stupid plan. It's so elaborate. It didn't need to be this complicated. Ken and Ryu would get onto Bison's side and infiltrate his hideout. So that's what he was talking about when he was talking all that's that shit. That's what he was talking about. Jesus Christ. It, 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 we had absolute, no, no, th- that's not what they're talking about. The film tries to bluff that Guile gets killed early on. It's meant to be a big reveal. It turns out he's not dead. Well, yeah, the, the guy that is on the cover of the film isn't dead half an hour into the film. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a Janet, Janet Lee situation. No, sadly. Um, so that that was the whole idea of that. It's so fucking dumb. Uh, Chun Li shows a little bit of athleticism. <laughs> yeah. So we know she's hiding the secret. She's not just a journalist. Uh, she manages to do some sort of flip and throw a, a tracking device onto the truck. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Cammy's running around saying medics, medics, she medics, medics, like, <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, uh, a white cloth's put over Guile and he's dead. <laughs> End of film. Um, Bison's talking stereotypical villain shit about getting a big enough food court for all the big franchises to be there. Uh, what, 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 what is he planning on building? What's the city called? Uh, what's it called? Bisonopolis. <laughs> <laughs> Was <laughs> Superman a, an influence? Maybe. <laughs> Ch- um, he's watching the news and Chun-Li reports that Guile is now dead. And Bison is gutted because he wanted to face him on the battlefield. Yeah, he's fuming, actually. He's also confused. He doesn't know why he's being called a mad warlord when all he wants to do is just create a perfect genetic soldier and then gives him a bad guy speech about it. Yeah, the problem... You get so many of these bad guy speeches and they all sort of merge into one. And I got no fucking clue what he's talking about. No. But Raul Julia delivers it so well... (laughs) I got no. I have absolutely no idea what the hell he's going on about, but it's entertaining. It just doesn't make any sense. Talking shit. <laughs> Chun Li's going to a market to find out who's playing games with them, and she pays a visit to the morgue beforehand with a tracker thing and uh, talks to herself for a bit. Yeah. So so Chun Li realizes that there's another tracker, so it's it's affecting her tracker this other tracker that was on the truck. So she goes to follow this signal of this tracker because they find out that it's at the army barracks as well. So she goes to have a little investigation. She's dressed head to toe in black, <laughs> apart from her face, because 
you know, why, why, if you're going undercover, why would you cover your face? <laughs> why would you do that? And she's absolutely slain it. She looks great. Um, and she ends up at the morgue. She's followed this uh, other trace to the morgue. Yeah. And what does she find at the morgue? Finds Kyle. <clears throat> she finds his corpse and then he comes back to life. Why the fuck was he waiting that long? How long would he have been and waiting? And how did he there? know she was going to turn up? Uh, yeah, exactly. She found out by accident. So what... What What was he waiting for? <laughs> Why was he just lying there like that? <laughs> like, seriously? Do you... <laughs> Do you think he actually did too much coke and passed out and they actually just left him there Maybe. for ages? But it's like, <laughs> what is this meant to be? A big fucking reveal? <laughs> a little minute jump scare? Like, what? what is this? She gets over the fact that he faked his death quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, and reveals that she doesn't want to store him by so she just wants his head. And in Excuse a... Excuse me? In a, in a really bizarre line of dialogue, um, Giles says, this wasn't based on a personal vendetta. It's based on mine. That, that's, that's a personal vendetta, Giles. Yeah. That's how it works, hun. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Do you think he wrote his own dialogue for this? But he said that as Chun Li was being arrested. So the first part <laughs> he says to her, "This, this, this isn't based on a personal vendetta," and then sort of turns and speaks to no one apart from himself. <laughs> it's based on mine. Like what? What's that even mean? And why are you saying it to yourself out loud? Yeah, Chun Li is arrested and taken away, but she escapes. It's like straight away. And how does Cammy? How does Cammy react to this? Wow! Oh, just keep shouting. No! 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 What is that? She's, <laughs> she's taken away, and it's like straight away. She does some sort of backflip, yeah. and just jumps out the window. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then Gar says, "That's what I wanted." Then why the fuck never arrested? Just let her go. No, he doesn't say that. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. He does. No. The the guy... So, the, whenever you see Cammy and Guile, there's another guy with them. I don't know how he relates to the games, because I don't know his name. I don't think he's ever given a name. No. <laughs> but he's always there. So, I don't... I'm just going to call him... Uh, dude... Just the, the other guy. Just, yeah. Uh, third wheel. Third wheel. I call him third wheel. So third wheel says, what a screw up. And Guile says, what a woman. I thought he says what I wanted. No, he says, what a woman. Oh. Oh, Jesus. oh maybe he says what, what I wanted. Which one makes more sense? Uh, neither. Why? I mean, well, I suppose what a woman would, but... Oh, what a woman. But it also he hates her, so... Yeah, but oh, they're flirty geez. though, aren't they? Anyway, There's Bison... There's a flirtation there. He hates journalists, but he's, he's, a, he's an all-American man. Wow. He still, you know, he still needs a woman in his life. And apparently Cammy's not the one. So Bison and the escaped prisoners Wait, are I now... Wait, I think Cammy is his cousin in the games. Oh. Oh, don't quote me on it. But yeah, maybe that's why there's no flirtation <laughs> Well, the, at least the actors are getting it on. Um, Bison and the uh, escaped prisoners are at a market watching snake and barrel tricks. Um, yeah, that goes on. I can't even really had a thing for uh, 
naughty guys in the 90s, didn't she? Apparently. Well, Michael Hutchins apparently, you know, was a bad influence. <laughs> then she's having affairs with cokehead Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Just thinking out loud there. Um, a girl gives Ken the fuck me eyes and uh, he follows her whilst Ryu is talking to him and he doesn't realise he's gone. She knocks him out and who is it? Chun Li and her two assistants who can do magic tricks. Yeah, <laughs> Ryu is also kidnapped, and uh, the arms dealer guy is fuming because Bison doesn't offer him enough money. Uh, Chun Li lets Ryu and Ken go before saying it's showtime. Ryu and Ken try wisecracking when they get a load of guns pointed at them, and Chun Li leaves a TV message out blowing their weapons up. And proceeds to do so. Yes, so the funny thing is um, that Sagat is fuming because Bison tries to pay him in Bison dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Which are worthless at that time. But uh, Bison says that they'll be worth (laughs) five pounds, uh, five British pounds to one Bison dollar after they kidnap the Queen. pay the ransom <laughs> they'll be worth a lot more on the uh, British exchange rate <laughs> and I don't I don't know how Chun so what you've got is uh, Chun Li yeah who is undercover as a journalist assuming you know assuming she's undercover as a journalist because um, she wants Bison's head um, you've got Honda who is a Hawaiian sumo and you've got uh, Balrog, who yeah. is a boxer, and not only are they well-established boxers and sumo wrestler, and you know karate fighting journalist, mm-hmm. they're also world-renowned magicians. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> like, this is so elaborate. All these setups are so fucking elaborate. Um, so Bison now has Chin Lee and her assistants and says that Ken and Ryu should be given clean clothes because they're allies now yeah so that was the plan that was the plan wasn't yeah. it to get on their side and infiltrate them from the inside and he's, he wants to take Chin Lee to his office for a private interview and uh, she spits in Ryu's face yeah so that's so, so when Chin Lee's on the TV it's like, uh, like the uh, commenter said um, Zangief was like, change the channel <laughs> as if it would like resolve their issues, which is really fucking stupid. What's also really stupid is we don't actually see them get captured because they're, yeah. they're on TV. <laughs> they're not in the room. So they've let all these weapons loose that have created a big explosion. Surely that's how they get away. Yeah. But they don't. Somehow they're captured. Caught, they're captured. I think that's one that was ripped out the pay, you know, wasn't it? I think that would yeah. be one that was ripped out, the John Ford method. So, um, Giles giving yet another brief into a room full of bored-looking people, and I mean everybody looks like they're about to fall asleep. Yeah, including us. Chun Li's uh, assistant, what did you say, Honda, was it? Honda, yeah, yes. Yeah, he, uh, he's whipped by a big hench guy. Yeah, and uh, Hawaiian music plays. Every time he's whipped. Yeah. Um, 
he isn't reacting to it at all. No. Um, <laughs> for some reason. And then after the guy goes, so that the guy whipping him leaves, because he's, he's tired, isn't he? He's been whipping mm, him for yeah. so long. Um, he, he, we see the, uh, marks on his back, so the, 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 the bloody sort of marks on his back, and, uh, Borog's like, uh, you know, I don't know how you do it, he's like, it's because I'm a sumo. <laughs> and then, so obviously, that they've left unattended, Borog asks, Honda, give me a hand, to which Honda replies, I've only been in jail two hours. Maybe next month. <laughs> so you get these super cheesy jokes and then you get, like, prostitutes referenced, you know, with Ken and Ryu, and you get a hand job joke. <laughs> um, what Balrog was actually hoping for was that Honda would break his chains. Yes, which is do quite which easily. Which he does quite easily. But yeah, there's there's a weird sort of no one actually really struggles that much in no. this film. Um, it it all just sort of you know Chinley just escapes from Guile and and Cammy, and Honda just breaks these chains. It's fine. It just happens. Yeah, uh, Ryu and Ken are given new outfits and they're really happy about it. The yeah, so these are in keeping with the outfits from the game. Yeah. So um, Ken is in red and Ryu is in white. In one of my favourite um, series of events in this film, uh, there's a politician. Did you get his name? No, he doesn't actually have a name. He's played by Simon Callow. Okay. He's actually quite a renowned British actor of, of sort of stage, really. Well, this politician is happy to pay the ransom amount to Bison. Happy to just give him the money. Guile is absolutely fuming about this. So, um, he rants on a bit, and the politician says, Colonel, have you lost your mind? And Guile says, no, you've lost your balls. What? (laughs) (laughs) So, Guile gets up on a microphone (laughs) and tells all of his soldiers that their friends have died for nothing and that the war has been cancelled because Bison's being paid. He then says he's not going home, he's getting on a boat and kicking that son of a bitch's ass so hard... That the next bison wannabe will feel it. Yeah, it's it's really, <laughs> it's really he's talking absolute shit. But keeps mentioning, yeah, but we're just going home. Oh, bison's done this. Bison's done that. We're just going home. Bison's <laughs> done this. Bison's done that. Well, we're just going home. Well, I'm not going home. And he looks like he's on the verge of tears at the end of it. <laughs> Well, I don't know if this is Jean-Claude Van Damme. I I don't know if he thought this was going to be the clip and his Oscar package (laughs) when he's nominated for Best Actor. Um, But yeah, there's almost tears for me. (laughs) He asks who wants to go home and he wants to go with him. Everyone wants to go with him, apparently. Um, If you ask the real cast and crew now, I'm sure they'll have a different answer. Um, Yeah, he's got the best coke. (laughs) The politicians are fuming. There's three of them now. One of them, my favourite character in this entire film, runs at the camera carrying her shoe. She's carrying her shoe. <laughs> For some reason. I wonder if she was actually meant to be there. She's just, she's just taking her shoe off. 
Um, she's still running with a shoe when they go to speak to uh, She's Gloria. running with both her shoes. Both her shoes now. Both her shoes by the end. Um, girls... She's taking her shoes off. Women. They're... You know, women in their shoes. <laughs> They're all getting on boats. And um, the politician says, please stop them. And girl says, I would love to, but some moron just scammed me. What? No idea. Who the fuck scammed you? No idea. Made no sense. <laughs> I mean, it made no sense. <sighs> I, I'm not even. That might not even be what he said, but <laughs> it's what it sounded like. Absolutely no idea what he's going on about. They all go off on their boats to go get bison, and in another great, great scene, Chun Li reads Bison to Filth about how much of a terrible villain he is and gives exposition about how he killed a father. Bison doesn't remember any of this and says the exact line of dialogue. For me, the day Bison invaded your village, it was the most important day of your life. For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> that is quite fair. I, I, think, I think also, uh, I've said it before, but uh, the delivery helped yeah. with this one. But yeah. So Chinli, she does go on a little bit, bless her. Um, she's also in her game attire. So it's like uh, buns, the hair in buns, um, and it, it's uh, it's like a traditional sort of Chinese outfit, um, but a little um, a little more childish, if I'm being honest. There's sort of like ruffles and stuff on it, and it's it, it's kind of weird because I I don't I don't think the actress was you know like old old, um, but the outfits like almost childish yeah um but she's got a lot of makeup on as well so i don't, I don't know who put her together <laughs> well you know and i'm also not sure why bison had that outfit lying around like who was that for <laughs> um but she you know she's in the outfit now in the outfit from the game um but it's it's not a good look for her bless her <laughs> I don't, the actress was a little too mature for her and it's just yeah looks weird well, Ken and Ryu both punch the uh, whipping prison guard at the same time. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is sort of out of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Chun-Li's assistants try strangling them because they think they did cross them, but they soon realise they're on the same side. Whilst Chun-Li is still going on about her backstory, how she's trained for years to meet Bison and avenge her father... And Bison tells her, I know women, and you are harmless. Um, but that's what she wanted him to think. And in a bizarre series of events, she pulls a knife out of a bracelet and literally flies across the room to kick him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> now, I understand this happens on the game, but there's been no evidence in this film to say that she could fly prior to this point. Yeah, there's, it's a weird <laughs> thing where... Uh, obviously, there's lots of moves in the game that are not physically possible <laughs> in real life. Um, and the film sort of teeters in the middle of that. So you'll get sort of like hand-to-hand combat parts and then suddenly someone just goes, at, you know, someone who shouldn't be, goes flying across <laughs> the room. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really weird. She, uh, she beats the shit out of him. She does, like, actually. Again, again, you know what? She probably beats the shit out of him more than Guile does at the yeah. end. And just when she, you know, it was probably on the verge of killing him, 
Ryu and Ken storm in with her assistants and they distract her and then he escapes and starts gassing them. To which Honda shouts, it's gas! <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so this room is all set up. And so Bison managed to get into some sort of like glass chamber, isn't it? Yeah. And a gas starts, uh, you know, uh, entering the room. And it knocks them out. Bison's perfectly safe, but everyone else is knocked out. Why didn't you? Wasn't it just a poison gas? Why does <laughs> yeah. it have to knock them out? Because then they have they have to take the time to move all the bodies into the main area <laughs> so that they can have a front row seat for the you know unveiling of his warrior. Yeah. Why yeah, it's very unnecessary. You just kill him. Too many film. That's that's James Bond. Yeah. Just just fucking kill him. Just go. Just do it. What, what are you waiting around for? Why all this shit? Garland and the team are on the way to Bison on their boats. Um, Garland is listening to some terrible 90s song whilst watching a home video of him and uh, his kidnapped friend Charlie. Oh, yeah. We get some real good character development now. Yeah. Um, because he watches an old home movie. <laughs> In slow motion. So it's him and Charlie at a dinner table at like yeah. outside a restaurant with two women. Don't know who the women are. Never explained. <laughs> it's never mentioned if either of them are married. It's just two women there. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. And it transitions to Charlie, who has now been turned into or looks like a cross between Mila Jokovic from The Fifth Element and Grace Jones from Vamp. He's skinnier. They're, they're trying to create a super soldier, but he's skinnier, and he has a massive ginger wig, and his face has been disformed. I, I, I don't get what they were trying to do to him. Okay, so Blanca in the game is probably close to um, Beast from X-Men. <laughs> But like a green version with bright orange hair. In this film, <laughs> he looks nothing of the sort. Um, not even close. And I don't know if they try to uh, make up for that. I, I, I don't know if they struggle to cast someone or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, obviously, CGI wasn't around back then. Uh, but... It's sort of stopped halfway through, isn't it? Yeah. His creation has stopped halfway through. But it still ends up just looking really shit. And he <laughs> he looks really weird. It doesn't look like anything like the game. The orange wig is awful. It really is. a really bad wig. It just looks really bad. Uh, Guile and the gang shoot the radar stages as they approach the lair in the stealth mode. Bison disables their staff mode and uh, tells the system to prepare to attack. Uh, and whilst they're all shooting at each other, Guile, in, he communicates with uh, Bison directly. And uh, he tells him, this is the collection agency, Bison. Your ass is overdue. <laughs> <laughs> One funny thing, though. Sorry, just going back just a little bit. is uh, So how Dr. Delcine finishes Charlie's transformation is that he switches the videos from, like, Nazi propaganda to videos of marriages, <laughs> children, 
I, I don't know what they're trying to get out there. I, you know, I feel insulted. Because <laughs> marriages and children will save you from the <laughs> Nazi propaganda. <laughs> and also Martin Luther King. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that's how it's all halted, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. They all escape the boat as Bison blows it up and says, Game over! <laughs> he does say game over, does he? So yes, we get it. It's based on a video game. Thank you very much. And also the controls that he's using are based off the arcade <laughs> control pad. So it's like a joystick and then like the three buttons. And that's what he's using. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, Grace Jones is now released. And uh, the, yeah, the Doctor has a bit of a scrap with one of the guards, doesn't he? Yeah, so, so Dalsim is caught out, so one of the guards, the, the henchmen, realises that, you know, the videos are of, you know, good good Christian marriages and children, and um, so he's sort of like, what, what are you doing? A, a, a mild fight ensues, <laughs> which leads to Blanca being released prematurely. Um, so Blanca lifts the henchman up in the air, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, which, which is insane because the henchman was at least twice his size uh, and then froze him. So Bison's guards are laughing at an elephant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because they're so distracted, girl and the gang beat him up. Cammy kicks someone in the face and says dick. Okay, this is, this is really difficult. Even the subtitles didn't say anything, did it? No. It sounds like she says, I thought it was ass kick. <laughs> Gary thought she said dick. <laughs> I would much rather have Kylie Minogue running around kicking people in the face saying dick than ass kick. I'd still, we're not sure what she said. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. The subtitle, they didn't even feature, did they? <laughs> the subtitles didn't know what the fuck was going on. No. Um, so no, absolutely no idea. Uh, Ivor's quite good in that. What? Well, she said ass kick. Um, oh yeah, I, I thought you were about another character called Ivor. I was like, who the fuck's this one? <laughs> um, they break into the evil lair. Um, guy has a spry, spider crawling on him and they ask if he's alright. He's like, I'm okay. And that's it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. I thought we were going to get some sort of fucking Indiana Jones sequence. Yeah. But he literally, he goes like underground. The spider's on him. He's like, I'm okay. <laughs> And then that's it. <laughs> okay. Bison gets his assistant VJ to check his bank account, his online banking. DJ. I thought it was VJ. D. I thought it was DJ. I swear it's VJ. Nah, DJ. Either way, gets him to check his online banking, and Just the money. Yeah, the money hasn't been put in yet. It's fuming. Bison's like, has the fifty billion been deposited <laughs> into my Swiss account? <laughs> DJ's like, how no. <laughs> It's so funny. It's checking the online. <laughs> <laughs> Grace Jones holds Guile up by the throat, and somehow Guile recognizes him as Charlie. How? It's I don't know how. There's, it doesn't look anything like him. It doesn't look like it's the same actor. No, no, it looks nothing <laughs> like him. But apparently, Charlie, it's me. Yeah. Like, no, he shouldn't have recognised him. Grace Jones asks for his help, um, and Guile offers to help him by shooting him. 
And the doctor turns up and says, no, you have no right. And then we skip to a new scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the scene was not finished. Why does he not have no right? Um, Bison's talking shit in the new scene. And then we go back again. And the doctor's explaining that he's done his best to keep Grace Jones human. Uh, Garhill is disgusted and doesn't think he's human. Um, Bison releases the Grace Jones chamber. But Grace isn't in there. Instead, Guile flies out of it. Yeah, because Guile can fly now as well. Um, and a big gunfight ensues. Yeah, so what I don't understand is that, you know, Dr. Dowsine, he explains that, you know, Blanca is still human. So he still managed to keep part of him that knows right from wrong. And mm-hmm. that, that's demonstrated, you know, he, he fights on the, the good guy's side and such. So that's fine. A guy who doesn't really understand that because he only sees Blanca as the green monster with orange hair. Okay? I know what point you're getting at, you know. Uh, beauty is only skin deep, you, you know? And so he's still a human. He's still Charlie. He's still that guy. Yeah? Remember that later. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> Honda says, suck on this and punches someone. <laughs> he does say suck on this. Who does he punch? I'm saying suck on this. Just All I've got written down just is a random guard. <laughs> Cammy is outside fighting and she's had a costume change. Okay, this is absolutely... They both have. So Cammy and Third Wheel um, have... What did she must have had this outfit on underneath? I don't know. And found the time to change. Okay, maybe she had it on underneath. I get it. And, you know, do a hair in pigtails. Whatever. I don't know how long, you know, Gar was in there for. She maybe had a little time on her hands. But the other dude has, like, accessories. So he's he's got, like, a necklace on now. <laughs> he's got, like, wristbands. Like, where were they hiding? And why is it suddenly okay to change outfit? Like, they're meant to be professional... Soldiers, really? Why have they suddenly decided? Oh, do you know what? It's a bit hot, isn't it? Should we just <laughs> should we just take this off? Got a real cute outfit on underneath. Oh, you got those neck? Yeah, yeah. I've just put a little necklace on. Looks good, doesn't it? Do you think it looks nice? Do you, do you think God will appreciate it when he gets back? <laughs> the fuck. So. Guile offers two first-class tickets uh, to home to Ryu and Ken if they free the hostages. He's obsessed with home, isn't he? He is. going home. Chun-Li's uh, assistant, Honda, takes his shirt off and fights a guard into the ground. Yeah. Um, Guile now tells Chun-Li and her other assistant to free the hostages. So now he's told two people to do it. Bison tells um, VJ, DJ, whatever, that they will face this together... DJ VJ sneaks off. He doesn't want to know. Ken is leaving and Ryu is absolutely disgusted at this and goes back to help the others. So Ken says, I don't understand. And Ryu says, I know you don't. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't... Because we've had no real development of their characters, this whole Ken is, you know... uh, an in-between guy yeah. who, you know, doesn't really care about right or wrong. We haven't actually seen that before, so it's just kind of weird that he would turn around and be like, no. Because before that, he was 
perfectly okay with helping the yeah. cause. I don't get it. Ryu says that there are people upstairs dying. Yeah. Um, the only people dying were Bison's guys. No one else. No, none of the good guys were dying. So I don't understand where that came no. from. It was a really weird, really shit scene where it's trying to give a character trait to someone. Um, like over an hour into the film. This is over an hour, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So over an hour into the film, suddenly Ken is, you know, somewhere between good and bad. You know, suddenly he's like an anti-hero. I don't don't fucking get it. Shit. Terrible writing. Guile's surrounded by um, Bison soldiers. Pulls a tiny knife out and he's really cocky because the soldiers are starting to back off. Yeah. But then when he realises his soldiers are behind him and that's why they were backing off, he looks so disappointed and it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if that was Van Damme's real reaction. Like, oh, I thought the scene was all about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he then says to Bison, come on from behind the curtain, wizard. Let's see how pure your combat really is. <laughs> and Cammy says, come on, you can't. Yeah, she does. Now, that one we didn't miss here. No. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely can't. Guy uh. and Bison tell all of their men to clear out so they can fight. And Bison says, you've made me a happy man. And Gal says, next I make you dead one. Yeah, so what Bison's obsessed with is the purity of hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they just... Start fighting. <laughs> yeah, Honda and the guard are still fighting, and now they're making Godzilla noises. Yeah, so um, I think this. Who's that general? Uh, I have no idea what his name was. I can't remember guy. his name, but the one we mentioned uh, at the beginning with the trivia. I think this is him, and he's watching some form of CCTV. The dotted around uh, Bison's lair is random CCTV uh, monitors mm-hmm. um, that everybody knows how to use, like, <laughs> with great ease. Um, every, everyone who's not sort of on Bison's side knows how to use with great ease. Um, so this guy, I think he's the, the general guy, um, is watching, and it's like CCTV, but from really low down. And it's Zangief. So it's Zangief is the uh, like a Russian wrestler in the games, uh, and Honda. They're you know fighting, but they've managed to get onto like um, a miniature. Uh, what was it called? Bisonopolis, that Bison's created. So the joke is they're like Godzilla fighting, and we get Godzilla noises as well. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Bison and Guile are still... <laughs> oh, I'm so tired after having to explain that whole fucking thing. <laughs> well, Bison and Guile are still fighting, and Bison says, You'll have to do better than that. And Guile says, Okay! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Lots more fighting. Guile spins on his head and trips Bison up. Um, Guile kicks him a few times before kicking him into control panel and electrocuting him. He then has a, a chat with Cammy on a video intercom thing. Yeah, FaceTiming. Uh, and tells her that Bison is all dead. 
Um, but Cam, yeah, because Cammy's like, uh, "How are you, Guile?" And he's like, "Half dead." And she's like, well, "What about Bison? Full dead." <laughs> <laughs> um, Bison comes back to life and zaps Guile with electricity from his hands. His suit starts doing CPR, and then <laughs> then he goes Emperor Palpatine on him. There goes Star Wars. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, incredible. Um. <laughs> VJ DJ grabs a box and says his mama didn't raise no fool. Yeah, so uh, he's looking for loot, isn't he? Whatever yeah. he can find. Ken watches Ryu walking into a trap on a monitor and tries telling him, but Vega's back and starts fighting with Ryu. Yeah. Uh, Bison can fly now. <laughs> he's, he's like... Guy was like, what about hand-to-hand combat? It's like... This is electromagnetism. <laughs> he flies over to Guile and gives him a punch. He does. Um, and now the uh, the weapons dealer guy joins Ryu. He joins Ryu and Vega um, to fight, and so does Ken, who now arrives to help Ryu. What a massive change around for this character. Oh, he's had a change of heart. <laughs> you like know, we were all waiting for so long. <laughs> And he's had, he's had a change of heart now. He's that good guy. We always knew he was. And Ken says to Saga, he says, uh, if I hadn't have met you, I might have became you. What? Which, you know, would have been a great idea if that had been developed <laughs> a long time ago. It's the first time you hear of it. It's kind of like... Um, you know, stop forcing these character traits an hour and 20 minutes into the fucking film. Come on. Bison says some shit about God. Um, oh my God, he keeps going on about it, doesn't he? <laughs> he flies towards Guile and gets kicked into his big wall of TV screens. Yeah, so like, Bison's keep going back and forth, smacking him, smacking him, smacking him. Okay, you know, Guile keeps getting up because he's Superman. And uh, he manages to get a roundhouse kick and it sends Bison flying and he's dead. Yeah. So Simple as that. all that and it was just one lucky kick <laughs> that killed him off. Chun-Li did more damage in his bedroom. <laughs> but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Uh, Cammy and Chun-Li free the hostages. The, the white American guy has to save the day with well. one kick. Loosely American. Shh. Cammy and Chun Lee free the hostages. So finally, people, to, at least some people, have finally freed the hostages. The amount of people that are asked to do it. Um, and Honda <laughs> yeah. apologizes to his opponent and says, Sorry, couldn't fight anymore. And uh, they'll escape. Yeah, because uh, I think the self destruct's on now, isn't it? Yeah. So everyone has to get out. Of course, they've got a self destruct. Of course. Uh, Just like seeing double. All good films of self-destruct. Just like seeing double. Just like seeing double. This is just like seeing... The end of this is exactly the same as seeing double. Not far off, because I haven't got Gareth Gates. Apart from Gareth Gates in Street Fighter is played by Raul Julia. It's true. Um, So, the guy that was... um, Zangief. Yeah, thank you. He has a a chat with VJ DJ, and uh, it's shot to find out that he was paid... And that bison is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this Zangief, he's like, uh, oh, so we're the bad guys? He's like, DJ's like, yeah. He's like, well, why, what, why were you on 
bison side. He was like, because he was paying me a load of money. <laughs> and Sankey was like, oh, you were getting paid? <laughs> so, because he's stupid, Sankey from now on is fully forgiven. Yeah. For probably killing many people. <laughs> Um, and being part of a plot to take over the world. Yeah. Um, all is forgiven now because he's thick. Yeah. And at one point, so he stops the door from closing on them and he ushers the hostages out. So suddenly he's a good guy. Just, just thought I'd let you know that. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Um... What I can't believe about this scene is the fact that, you know, the building's going into self-destruct mode. They're helping hostages escape. And Chun-Li has the time to turn to Cammy and have to cheat to say, ugh, pigtails. And Cammy says, look who's talking. And, yeah. Because that's what women are like. <laughs> yeah, the bitches to because women just Because you've only got two women as main characters in this film. And Lord forbid they get along. They have to be bitchy about each other's uh, appearances. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, Grace... Did you not know that about women? Uh, no, I didn't, know. Sorry. Grace Jones and the, and the Doctor decide to stay in Evil Lair as it explodes. Yeah, so Dalsim, he needs to atone for his part in the creation of Blanca. Um, because he explains that good men don't just let things happen. So he wasn't active... But because he was passive, that made him responsible. Yeah. Okay. Got some some deep... (laughs) Gets very deep there, doesn't it? Yeah. Blanca doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to be seen in his current state. (laughs) So we had that big thing from Dr. Dalsim earlier where he explained that, you know... He Blanco was still human on the inside and still had good in him. He hasn't shown anything different. He's been a good guy throughout the whole film, but he dies because he's ugly. <laughs> that's an ugly ass wig. And there's an ugly ass <laughs> wig. Like, okay, the green, yeah, I understand, might be difficult, uh, but you could dye that hair. You could do something different with the hair, you know. You can make a lot of money being the green guy. People are going to yeah. see that. Just do Grace Jones and Vamp tribute act. Exactly. Um, Everyone thinks Guy is dead because the place is blowing up now. But they need to stop crying because he's still alive and everyone is thrilled. (laughs) Um, He does his thing where he touches Cammy's face has a weird moment with her. Yeah. Uh, And then he agrees to... (laughs) Maybe that was a bit of ad-libbing. Yeah. (laughs) He finally agrees to have an interview with Chun-Li... But only if she wears that dress. Yeah, apparently he likes the dress. Mm. I, I wasn't too fond of it. I heard it in the game. And then this is the moment where that wasn't supposed to happen. And we get loads more explosions randomly. Yes. <laughs> and uh, to celebrate this, they all do a high school musical jump. Uh, yeah, and including Sangi. Yeah. Like, he's there. And, like, Guile has a moment with him at the end as well. And so... Guile wasn't there. I don't understand because Guile wasn't actually there when Zangief was helping people no. out. So they just have like a weird moment where they like bump fists. And yeah, like, shouldn't he know? Shouldn't he exactly. think, hang on a minute, no, you're still a bad like guy. Um, yeah, so the film's title appears when they pause on this jump 
And we get something there by Chage and Asuka over the credits. Is that the game? Uh, is the, that song, the song, yeah, the main song. Uh, but then, just when you think it's all over, we get a post credit scene where Bison comes back to life and presses replay on world domination. So that bit, that, that um, freeze frame on them at the end, it, it is cheesy, but it, it, they are recreating the, from the game. So that's what, so when you character select on the game, that's what they look like. So Chun-Li with the jumping up and down thing, it, it is a reference to the game. So I'll, I'll forgive them on that. It is super cheesy. It looks weird. Um, in like real life, it looks strange because like, uh, Cammy's just like got her ass sticking out and <laughs> but it is a reference to the game. I want it as a portrait on our living room. That would look good actually. Could get a poster of that. So that was Street Fighter. That was Street Fighter. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's a fucking mess, but it's a fun mess. It's, it, it really is so bad it's good. Um, it's not something like, uh, I don't know, like fucking Crawl Intentions 2 where we're absolutely bored out of our minds watching it. It's not a boring film by any stretch of the imagination. If you're a fan of the video game, you'll find, you'll find some fun references in this. I, well, you do, you know, um, if you're a fan of good films then I suggest you don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you like trash, if you listen to this and you look forward to our trash episodes, check this out. Uh, you know what, if you're bored on a Sunday evening and it comes on TV... It is on TV. It. If you it have is. Sky, it's on Sony movies like every fucking day. Yeah, yeah, they are showing it a lot. If, if it's on, just watch it. You know, it's, it's fun, it's stupid. And sometimes all you want is fun and stupid. I say it a lot. Uh, on this podcast, but you don't always want to watch fucking Ingmar Bergman or, you know, Fellini or Kubrick. Sometimes you just want to sit down and watch some shit. And this is one of the perfect examples of that. Yeah. So is next week's film. Remind so, me. <laughs> shortly. Um, <laughs> so if you're listening on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe, like and follow everything else, give us a follow on Spotify. Um, hello to our new listeners in Canada. That's new. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. That's we've we've got listeners everywhere now, and it's fucking great. It's uh, it's nice to know. It's not just people in the UK listening. Yeah, oh, Canada's yeah. on our visit list, isn't it? It's yeah, sort of quite high up on our bucket list. But also, we we do appreciate you, British listeners. You you get. I'm sure you uh, probably understand how humid the most. Yeah, Swindon's <laughs> on our bucket list as well. So don't feel left out. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Oh, fuck, I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah, so I'm Dead Eye Gaz Night 2 on Letterboxd. Sometimes I'm just too funny, aren't I, Gary? <laughs> Apparently. Dead Eye Gaz Night 2 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, Gram, GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Instagram, Letterboxd, and um, Twitter. I almost said Tinder then. Oh my Ooh, god. That wow. Was close. That was close. You made me sit for oh a straight fire. Yeah, I'm so oh. sorry. And you're the one getting to. Wow. Yeah. So, next week, we will be back, joined by very special guest, Luke Poulton, to discuss... Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's fucking rude. I haven't even said the film yet. Yeah, I just realised what the film is. I didn't... <laughs> oh, my Lord. 
Lord. Well, you're very welcome into our guests, aren't you? Oh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a guest on, but Jesus Christ, this film. <laughs> um, I don't even know if I should say the film now, <laughs> but I will. We will be discussing, with Luke, we'll be discussing 2020's answer to the room, <sighs> Anderson Falls, oh, or as you may also know it, Darkness Falls. Maybe I did mean Tinder. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> You've still got a week to watch it and experience this absolute trash madness it's, for yourself. It's absolutely shocking, and we'll tell you all about it next week. Yes, we have plenty of stories <laughs> if about I live it. through it. So, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye.